makes his way forward. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, turn with me in your Bibles. Let's just get into this. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, starting at verse 1. Just a few weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me in the area of just being dry as a Christian. Many Christians living a dry Christian life. And he led me to this scripture, and I pray that you receive this into your lives. Amen. Starting from verse 1, Ezekiel declares, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Somebody say dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone no. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you shall come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, and so I, Ezekiel, prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he, God, commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. A vast army. Bow your heads right now. Father, we come into your presence. We come into this place with open hearts, Father. With open minds. We are here because we desire to receive from you today. No one held a gun to our heads to make us come, but we came to receive from you. We were not forced, but we're willing. So I open our spiritual ears that this word you will speak will rivet us and move us, Lord, that we may shake us out of complacency, that we may live again as you desire for us to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen realize this is really heavy on my heart today so I want to get this to you the way the Lord gave it to me amen Ezekiel verse 37 he's God has he says the hand of the Lord is upon me the the, the Lord drove him out into a dry place the Lord drove him out into the middle of a wilderness and you know let me stop even right there for a second just because you're in God's will does not mean you will not end up in a dry place just because you are in God's will does not mean you will end up in a place rather that you will not end up in a place that is tough that is hard, that, is, that is, needs a little work, that needs a little something. Somebody say something. And so he says, I was ushered out, and, and the Lord brought me to this valley. And in this valley, there was bones, bones everywhere, just dry bones. And he, and he says, 
that he sees all these things, and if we look at him, he's looking at either a battlefield or maybe even a graveyard. The Lord showed me this in the church. He showed me this, and he ushered me one, during one service three weeks ago. He ushered me around the church, and I, be, I was able to see it. And if, if I can read even verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of the church, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth between the seats. Among them I saw a great many bones on the floor of the church, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Pastor, can these bones live again? And I said, God, only you. The message is entitled today, I'm waiting to exhale. I'm going to get to it. I really pray that you receive this today. Somebody say, waiting to exhale. Christians never, I said, God, but everybody looks okay. They look all right. He said, but, well, pastor, Christians never fail in public. They always fail in private. That's what makes them a Christian. (laughs) Sinners sin no matter where they're at. Sinners come to church and curse. Christians. We got our suits on at church. We got our perfect, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, praise him. The presence of the Lord is here. He is so good to me. He is so great. He is so mighty. And all those things are true. But we speak what we've learned, not what we know. We speak from from knowledge, not from experience. You can read a book about engineering, but to start engineering something, you don't know anything. You could watch HDTV all day. Doesn't mean you know how to build the wall. Don't mean you could refurb a house because you watch Flip That House. And so we speak, and just the other day, you know, we were, we were moving the boiler in the basement with Carlos and Juan were doing it, and I'm sitting there, and they couldn't get some of the bolts off, and I had watched American Restoration, and I know if you take a bolt and you heat it up, it loosens. It expands. And so I said, well, let's get, let's get a blowtorch, and let's just heat this bad boy up, and lo and behold, it worked. My knowledge went from knowing to experiencing. We speak from what we know, not what we experience. It sounds good, but it's not good. Hello? Anybody there? Christians never fail in the public eye. In the recesses of our personal lives is how we begin to see that we fail all the time. And that's all right. Christians, you're going to fail to the day you die. But it's when you let the dry bones set inside of you. It may look like life is running through you, but in reality, there are dead areas all over your life. You see, Ezekiel entered into a hopeless situation. There was death all about him, ruin, destruction. All he saw was bones, and it wasn't as if he saw corpses. He saw bones. In other words, what God is trying to say is they've been rotting for a while. It's not something that happened yesterday. It's not something that happened the last five months. Your fire for God did not die in six months. It died over the last six years. Your passion for God, your your, your disdain towards sin did not die over the course of the last five months. It took ten years for you to not be affected by sin no longer. It took a many great deal of years. And so God says, you are turning into dry bones. Somebody say dry bones. We fight a constant battle with these bones in our lives. As I've recently heard it put, we have more situation than we have solution. It's like if all your circumstances, as I've heard it put, have climbed up into the windows of your life and you can't see the light of God for nothing and all you see around you is opportunity for failure instead of success. And daily we fall and daily we we find ourselves in a mess. Living in a, a hellish state, pretending to be in a heavenly situation. Living in the dark, pretending to be a light. You've lost your faith, you've lost your hope, and your faith is just a bag of dry bones. Look at somebody next to you and ask him, are you dry bones today? 
Gone are the days where you believe God for a miracle, let alone everyday provision. He didn't come on your time frame so he isn't with you. You feel stuck for so long that you stop believing. You stop trusting God in reality because he wasn't on time for you. And what you fail to realize, like a baby coming out of the womb, the due date, Bobby, you have to understand, just because the baby came before the due date, the doctor probably looked at it wrong. The baby's never early, the baby's never late. The baby's on time, the doctor's wrong. Like a blessing, just because it doesn't happen when you think does not mean God's wrong, you're wrong. Your predicted due date was wrong. And maybe the doctor said, oh, that's a big baby inside of you. But he didn't realize it's just a big blessing that needs a lot of maturing. And you called it out to be a due date of 2011. Oh, God's going to bless me. God, God said, that's not your due date. Your due date's not till 2013. Shut up. Mad at God because he ain't coming our time frame. But he knows we couldn't handle what he has for us. In our own time frame. You still love God. You love your church. You don't trust God though. We don't trust God. We don't give till it hurts. We don't, we don't give of ourselves, of our time. We have no trust in God. Many have dry bones of worship in their life. Some folks don't worship at all, not realizing worship ain't got nothing to do with you. Worship in Hebrew actually means to serve. It has nothing to do with music, nothing to do with songs. It just means to serve. We should live a life of worship, serving others, serving God, serving people, serving the community, serving our friends, our family, our cousins. You can worship in cleaning, building, organizing, any, any other way besides music. Music and song is just a deep form of worship. You can enter into the echelons of God's presence. Some used to worship, they used to dance, be radical for God, but as the years passed, their worship turned into dry bones and they could barely lift a hand. It seems as the better, the greater the worship team got, the worse the worship got from the church. We used to have one piano and three singers, that was it. For 11 years, one piano, three singers. Now I have an acoustic, electric, bass, drums, and now folks worship it. They can't get out of their comfort zone. They're just like, oh, hallelujah, that's just great. Now the church is too crowded to dance now. And we lose that sense of worship in us. Worship becomes dry bones. Somebody say dry bones. Others have no worship at all, don't understand worship, and even don't care for worship because they're not into worship, and it's just too different for them, and they're not used to it. But realize a holy God ripping into, from the spiritual into the natural, depositing himself into the belly of a woman just to be born so he could die for you and I, that's strange. But he still did it. If worship is strange to you, you should still do it. Worship has got to do with making God feel good. Worship isn't meant to move you. It's meant to move God. But sometimes we just, we're just so used to something else that we can't worship God the way we need to because we've been so indoctrinized by the church that this is how we should be. That's how we should be. But if you look at Isaiah and if you look at the, the book of Revelations, John the Revelator said that when he entered into heaven, there was a massive worship scene all around the throne room of God. And there were tens and thousands of angels and there was elders shouting out, holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord at all times. Church, if you can't learn to worship, don't plan to go to heaven. If you can't get with it now, I tell you the truth, don't plan to go to heaven. Because the Bible says that when we get to heaven, our life will be consumed by worship. Our life will be consumed by giving God glory. Our life will be consumed by giving God praise. Tell the person next to you, you can't afford not to have worship. 
in heaven there he is God in all of his majesty receiving the praises of this angelic host and if you or I expect to enter into his presence you better believe you need to worship for God says I inhabit the praises of my people meaning I live inside of the words you speak to me in worship I live inside every note that is played every key that is hit every guitar that is strummed I live inside of the worship you can't get to me unless you can worship me if you can learn to worship me and he says worship me in spirit and in truth that you might enter into my presence for no man can enter into God's presence unless he comes in the spirit you cannot enter God's presence without worship. Worship is the weapon that opens the hardest of hearts for many a person entering into this church and at the end of just the worship alone they're brought to tears. Because worship moves God to move us. Worship isn't meant to move you so you can move God. It's meant for God to be moved so he can move in you. Worship compels God to get from there to here. Like that. Somebody say I need worship dry bones of unity in the church, unity in the church, in the homes, in the marriages, in the relationships, backbiting, fighting. There used to be something special, but now it's just a dry bag of bones and you're struggling to stay afloat. Can't get along with nobody. Can't deal with people. Everybody to you has a nasty attitude. Nobody desires to be real with you. Everyone has a problem with you. But in reality, there's a lack of unity in the overall church. And God says that the unity in the church is like the anointing oil of God that, that poured down from the beard of Aaron into the holies of holies. If you would realize God does not desire that you would have disunity in the church, in your homes, in your marriages, with your children. Everything you say at home and in, your, in the church should be, should be geared towards bringing something together, not breaking apart. You're with me today. Dry bones in our mindsets where, where all we do now is think negative. We're a bunch of negative Nancys and Debbie Downers and everything we have to say about everybody, about every situation is negative. That don't seem right. This ain't right. They're not dedicated. They're not this. They're not that. But God doesn't tell us to be a judge or a jury of no one. And God forbid you correct someone in the church. Don't judge me. I don't think people understand what a judge is. If you know anything about the judicial system, a judge passes sentence where a jury, on the other hand, tells you if you're guilty or not. So if I walk up to you and says, God told me you're in sin, I'm not judging you. I'm being the jury God's using to convict you. <laughs> and then God himself judges you and says, listen, don't get it right, you're going to go to hell. Get it right, you get to heaven. If you tell somebody they're wrong and they say, don't judge me, I'm not judging you. Tell them I'm the jury. I don't get this. Just, that's, you could take that home to the bank, use that all week long when you call out all your fake Christian friends who drink and, and still come to church, you sin all day and still come to church, and you want to talk to them? I'm not judging you, I'm the jury and God's sending me to convict you so that you can have a lighter sentence. I wish I had an honest believer or two today that sometimes you may look okay, but anything but okay is what it really is. And inside you're dead. I know I'm preaching to somebody today because I went through hell to get this message out of my spirit. And so I know somebody is dealing with something that says, Pastor, I've got some dry bones in me. And don't mistake this passion that I have for God because this passion is eradicated by where I came from. And the reason I'm so passionate is because I've been going through hell. 
You have to understand this. Dry bones of sin in our lives. Sin within us that we struggle with has withered our spirit, man, and we look horrible before the Lord. We're barely hanging on. We live off of each service rather than grow off of each service. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to live off of the service. You're supposed to build off of it. If you're living for each church service, well, I can't wait for church. That's great. I want you to be excited, but don't live for it. Build off of it. Because if you don't build, you're in nothing. If you don't build, what is coming of it? What is coming of you? Tell somebody next to you, it's time to build. God says today you need to speak life into yourself. He declared to Ezekiel, listen, prophesy to those bones. And you should have the heart to prophesy to yourself today. Dry bones in your finances. You can't get ahead. You can't even give. can't pay your bills. Don't want to. You can't do anything because you seem and it feels as if something's wrong. You've never made more money before in your life, but you've never been broker. Dry bones in your joy. Used to be happy, but now you're defeated, dejected, rejected, disgusted all the time. You have no desire to socialize. You have begun to even hate people. And this is not the will of God. Dry bones in your passion. You used to be on fire for God. And you used to care about your relationship. But now it's just dry bones. You care less about God. He is not number one. He is not the supreme affection of your heart. And because he is not, nothing else will fit. Dry bones in your prayer life. You used to pray. We used to love praying. You used to feel close to God. But now you don't pray. You're distant and far from God. And not because of a lack of prayer. But because of a lack of prayer ushers in a great multitude of sin. And because we sin, we feel guilty and say, I don't want to pray. I've been sinning. That'd be hypocritical. When that is exactly what prayer was meant for, to ask God for forgiveness. But the devil makes you think, I've been sinning. I won't go to prayer. And you fall into that cycle. It's the greatest tool of God that he gave you. The majority of you don't pray enough. Five minutes here, five minutes there, ten minutes in the morning, a quick scripture off your iPhone, your cell phone, you version, it has 20 different versions, so because we read it in five different languages, we think that's okay. I read a lot today, and there's no word in you, and we don't pray. We won't come to Monday night prayer because we just had Sunday church. What's the point of Monday night prayer? That's crazy, two days in a row. Who does that? That's, that, that, that's just beyond me. That's beyond me. We designed Monday night prayer because most Jews aren't praying. And we offered a, an opportunity at least once a week to pray an hour. Because I know most of you don't pray 10 minutes in a day. I wish you would be honest with yourself today and don't be super Christian in front of me. Because by the spiritual condition of your heart, it's just a lot. You can always tell the authority and the power of a church by how many folks attend their prayer service. It's always the smallest in every church. Dry bones. I didn't even want to go into this one. Dry bones and fasting. The church is weak for Jesus said some things can only be done through prayer and fasting. And it seems some people are okay with not being able to do certain things in Christ because they don't want to pray or fast. You don't see it that way. You just see it as I can't do it. I have my reasons. But God says only some things can be done through prayer and fasting. And maybe that thing you're waiting for is through a fast, but you refuse to do it. We seem okay with missing out on the fullness of God's glory. We have excuses. I, I, why we can't fast? I get hungry. Duh. I love food. Duh. Who doesn't? I get headaches. That's called toxins leaving your body when you fast. Duh. Scientific fact. 
I'm too skinny. I'm too unhealthy. It's unrealistic to fast for three weeks. God doesn't bless me. What's the point? I never succeed. Why try? It's just pointless. It's not me. I'm over it. No, in reality, you have no control over your life. And maybe if you can curve your appetite for food, you can do it for your appetite of sin. But because you never say no to yourself, you won't do it. Truth be told, out of a room of 120, maybe 20 of us at best fasted this year. Why? Am I trying to beat you up? No, I'm trying to show you the foolishness of your ways. But there was ignorance in the church. And the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Hosea 4.6. We don't want to fast these days. We have excuses. Everything's an excuse. Adam and Eve lost all of eternal life because they could not control their appetite. And I would say that I don't want to be the same. Jesus, after he was baptized in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, after he was baptized, unction of the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he was driven into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, did not eat and or drink, and he fasted in order to succeed where the first Adam failed. And when he came out, he had power. Don't call out demons in your home. They might bring some of their friends to laugh at you, for you are powerless without prayer and fasting. Don't call out for healing in your friends and family if you have not been praying and consecrating before the Lord. They will laugh at you and mock you. If only the church of God would arise and begin to actually sacrifice something for God and get back into praying and fasting for even when the Holy Spirit came in the book of Pentecost, they were praying and fasting and nothing great was ever accomplished in any church without prayer. If only we could become a church who believes in the power of prayer. Dry bones have overcome you in the reading of the word of God. Studying the word of God doesn't hold the importance it does to you. Listen, if all these things apply to you, do not feel bad. Tell somebody next to you, don't feel bad. You're not alone. Most of the people here are with you. Ezekiel's in the midst of all these bones. He's looking at all these situations. And, and God says to him, can these bones live? That's the question today. Can you have faith again? Can you have a powerful worship again? Can you be on fire and passionate for God again? Can you become a prayer warrior again? Can you become a fasting person who controls yourself? Can you have faith and hope again in your life? Can your dry bones live? And all God told Ezekiel to do was he said, Listen, son of man, I asked you to prophesy to those bones. And church, God came today to prophesy into your life that you shall live, that you shall see life, that there will be a breath into you. If you would begin to speak life, uh, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it eat its fruit. Life is in your mouth, and God says there's a miracle in your mouth waiting to happen, and if you would speak it, your life is headed in the direction of your words. Speak life. Tell somebody next to you, speak life. Your life is headed in the direction of your words. 
If you speak death, it'll come. If you speak life, it'll come. God says, speak to those dry bones. Refuse to let the enemy kill you any longer and rise up and say, no, I rebuke you. I speak in the authority and the power that God has given me and I declare freedom in my life. Whether you see it or whether you don't. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You don't have to see it to declare it. You need to be sure of what you speak even when you can't see it. You can't see a word, but you can hear it. You can't see the wind, but you can feel it. You may not see faith rising up, but it's there. You may not see hope rising up, but it's there. Maybe some of you are looking for a way out. You're looking for a way of escape, but God says, listen, man up. Stop looking for a way out and fight your way out. Go back in the same door you got in here in. Don't look for a window. I'm not going to provide you an escape. No, 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 no. You need to fight your way out of this one. We always want somebody to come and lay hands on us and then boom, this spiritual epiphany hits us and everything's fine. And after that, everything's good in our lives and we're fine and, and we have all the spirit we need and oh my God, everything's great now. God says, no, speak your way out. Fight your way out. Verse 5. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. There was no doubt in God's speech. You will. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. The Hebrew word here for breath is the, is the word ruach. And this word ruach is the same breath that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam when he first created him. And so God is saying, I'll breathe a new life into you. I'll breathe a restart right into you if you would just let, if you would speak it. If you would just speak it. I love this word ruach. It's actually, it's not even a real breath. It doesn't mean to blow. It just means an exhale of God's spirit. God's telling Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I'm just waiting to exhale on my people. If they would speak it. He says, but Ezekiel, I gave man dominion over this earth. Mankind rules this earth. I'm going to need you, Ezekiel, to ask me to raise these dry bones, for I have already decreed it to be so in heaven. And if you would just agree with me that I can release it on the earth, Ezekiel, your life is headed in the direction of, of your prophesying to these bones. You have to understand, God cannot operate in your life unless you let him. When you speak it, he comes into an agreement with you. Jesus said it best in Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God says, you speak it here, I'll do it there. For in verse 7, Ezekiel prophesied as he was told. And there came a rattling of the bones. And the Bible says bones came to bone. And God assembled the skeletal structure. And then he attached tendons. And then he gave it muscles. And he wrapped it in skin. And maybe you don't understand what is taking place. But suddenly, God will come into your life. And there will be a sound of a miracle. And there will be a unifying of your bones. And, and he put bone to bone. The Bible says. He put it in order. He put structure into that life. He put structure and order. For God is a God of order and structure. And what you need is order in your life. There's chaos in you. You need order, structure. All of a sudden, you begin to experience God taking things in your life and putting them in order from a job to a car, a home, then a spouse. You want a spouse, then a car, then a home, then a job. Get your priorities together, God says. 
Suddenly you feel a life of worship enter you. You begin to speak to God and you understand his structuring in your life. He'll put faith in the areas that you have it and rip it out. You shouldn't have faith in some things. God says, put it in me. Don't have your faith in your job. Put it in me. When you begin to speak God's word, there will be the unction of God to begin fasting and interceding. He will put you in order and give you joy. God is the God of order. 2 Peter 1.5. He says this, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Here's the recipe now. Here's the recipe. Add to your faith goodness. And then goodness, knowledge. And then knowledge, self-control. Self-control gives you perseverance. Perseverance leads to godliness and godliness to brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, Pastor Carmen gives them love. For if, somebody shout if, you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that, that he has been cleansed from his past sins. God's a God of order. Love, joy, peace. You can't have joy or peace if you can't love folks. God's a God of order. Everything has to come in order. Somebody say order. God will structure you and put you in order. He's just waiting to exhale on you. All he did to give Adam life was exhale. But today, the Lord declares he desires to exhale on you. And it may look dead, but it will come to life. It don't have to make sense because it makes sense to God. It may look dead, smell dead. The world says if it looks dead, smells dead, then it's dead. God says, no, that's just, it's just missing some breath. In God's world, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and walks like a duck, it could be a beaver. Because if God said it's a beaver, at some point it's going to be a beaver. The Bible says God told Abraham... And the Bible's really cute because it says Abraham was withered. I'll leave that alone. Abraham was over 100 years, about 99 years old, and God says, you're going to have a baby. We've heard this all. I don't think you get the complex. This is, this is pre-Viagra. Understand this. There was no insight. There was nothing. And God says, listen, I am going to give you life. I will give you life. I will give you a son. That's crazy talk, but God talking is crazy talk. And God don't have to make sense, because I bet you he makes sense to himself. But when God speaks, he speaks in three people. He's the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, so he speaks in agreement. See, even if you don't agree with him, he agrees with himself. That's the truth. That's the complexity of God. So when God says, I'm going to bless you, you say, no, I'm not. Oh, I have it here. All three of us said we're going to give it to you. We talked about it. We had a powwow, and, and you just, uh, all you have to do is speak it. If God's promise looks dead, it smells dead. If your worship and faith look dead, it is not dead. All you need is the ruach of God, the exhalation of God. God is sitting here before you today saying, listen, I am just waiting, Renati, to exhale on you, Melvin, that I can breathe life into you like you've never had it before. God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy breath into these bones. And he calls the breath of God from the four winds, and immediately it sweeps through and brings new life to those bones. 
and before him the Bible says stood a vast army. We are God's victorious army Christian church and you cannot be victorious if you've never won a battle and you've got to realize God is trying to breathe a fresh victory into your life. From your faith to your finances, winds of God, of life-giving breath will flow into you if you begin to speak it into your life. He will begin to release into you what he has decreed from heaven to, to come on earth. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're getting this today. I don't know if you understand. The Bible says the word of God is, is faster and quicker than any two-edged sword. You ever heard that scripture before? The word of God is faster and quicker than any two-edged sword. It's one of the worst translations I ever read in my life. In Greek, the word is distamin, and the word distamin does not mean double-edged. It means double-spoken. The sword just being the word of God, and he says if just two people would speak it, it's faster and quicker than anything you've ever experienced in your life. You should learn how to read Greek. Have a better understanding of the word. And the Bible says... If you speak what God says, if you can begin to speak in agreement with the Lord, if you can begin to speak in agreement with his will for your life and stop asking for things that have nothing to do with his purpose for you, if you can speak in agreement with the Lord, you begin to see the word of God activate in your life. But us, God says north, we say south. God says hot, we say cold. We're, like, we're just geared, we're naturally wired to pull against God. But we don't realize that same pulling is, a, is it's actually the necessity for God. You with me today? God desires to raise up dry bones if you begin to speak it. Speak it. The word of God is quicker and more powerful than any double spoken word. Open up your Bible. Begin to speak it. Say, Lord, I come into agreement with you. I will worship. I will have faith. I will have hope. I will have joy. I will have love. I will have faith, goodness, knowledge. I will have it all. I will have my perseverance. I will have it, Lord. I will have my ability to go the extra mile and not quit. I will go, God, because I'm agreeing with your word. God, exhale on me. Somebody say he's waiting to exhale. Dry bones will come alive in your life that you do not think possible. Dreams you thought were dead will become to manifest. God's will in your life. New faith, new hope shall grip you. Maybe you thought you couldn't make it, but life will drive you to serve God. You may feel down. You may feel dead. You may feel defeated, but speak now the words of life and agree with God, and he will exhale on you. Tell your neighbor, your life is headed in the direction of your words. <clears throat> I tell you the truth. Even now, I wish I had a couple of believers in this place today who are in need of God's breath as exhale. I wish I had a few who would just stand up even now and say, God, begin to work in me. God, begin to manifest in me. God, begin to speak in me. God, begin to, begin to exhale on my life. If only I had some believers who are ready to enlist in the real army of God. If only there could be someone who desired a victory, who would lift their hands and surrender and say, Lord, I've been fighting against your will. God, I've been going against the grave, but I am sick and tired of feeling dead, loving church, but hating you. God, I'm tired of hating you. I'm 
I'm tired of, I, I want to trust you again. I want to trust you again. God, I want to love you again. God, I want to see you again. In my life, God says today, I'm just waiting to exhale. Come on, begin to open your mouth right now. Do I have any warriors today in the spirit? Any Bible-believing saints who are not deterred by the looks of this situation, but they are motivated motivated by the power of God? I came to tell you today, one single exhale from God holds more power than any situation that might bind you. Holy Spirit, we come in agreement. Come on, come in agreement with His word. I don't have to be broken. I don't have to be hurt. I don't have to be confused or rejected. I don't have time to sin. I don't have time to be in a mess. There's no time to waste in the world. There's no time for me to waste living any longer against God's will. It's time I got connected. It's time I disconnected from phony Christians and surrounded myself with real men and women of God. There's no time for me to bicker. There's no time for me to fight. That's right. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Tell them God exhale on me. Tell them God exhale on me. Tell them God working me. Tell them God moving me. God shifting me. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands. God moving. It's God right now. Breathe. Breathe on me, God. Breathe on me, God. Come on. The altar's open if you need it. Tell them to breathe on me. Come on. We can pray with you right now. God, breathe on us, God. God, breathe on us, God. Holy Spirit, breathe on me today. Breathe on me today. Breathe on me today. Breathe on me right now, God. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. God, exhale on me. Come on, begin to prophesy to your bones right now. Begin to prophesy right now. Begin to declare it in this place today. God, I shall, I shall have victory. If you believe it, speak it now. church begin to talk to him if you have the gift of tongues even now begin to talk to him right now holy spirit holy spirit holy spirit move in his place right now come on where's, where's carlos at carlos i need you up front to pray for some of these people come on come on marie come on come on holy spirit move in our midst come on you're saying god i need you you're saying god come on this room at the altar come on don't leave without us pray with you today we need you right now 
pray with me. I need somebody to touch me. God, I breathe on me. Just exhale on me. Exhale on me, God. I want to receive your word. I want to receive your promises, God. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's lift your hands, church, all across this place. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands, Holy Spirit. Just, re- just walk into this place right now, God. Holy Spirit, work in our midst, God. Holy Spirit, work in our midst, God. Come on, lift it up. Come on. Holy Spirit, 